Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. This episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast is brought to us by the United States Concealed Carry Association, and they literally help to save lives. And let me explain. The USCCA is a membership association that provides self-defense education, training, and peace of mind to over 500,000 responsibly armed Americans nationwide. Click learn more below right now if you are ready to start your journey with them. When you activate your membership, you'll get access to expert self-defense education, life-saving training, and self-defense liability insurance. These resources are literally life-saving, and the USCCA has first-person testimonies to proving it. With your membership, you'll get access to hundreds of hours of training videos, articles, checklists, guides, and more. You'll be able to get instant up-to-date information about everything from gun laws to ammo types to home defense drills, self-defense drills. And best of all, it's 100% risk-free with the United States Concealed Carry Association's money-back bulletproof, no pun intended, guarantee. That means that if you decide the USCCA isn't for you. Simply call, request a prompt and courteous refund. So what are you waiting for? Click learn more below right now. And remember the USCCA is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations and exclusions and remember with your membership you also get this fantastic magazine concealed carry this is the november december 2022 edition so this is the last one for this calendar year i'm looking forward to january and february a lot of great information join the united states concealed carry association and keep yourself protected because it is a constitutional right Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Step Fast and Law podcast. And as you know, I'm a big believer in the Second Amendment. As a matter of fact, I recently wrote a piece that talked about America's constitutional obstacle to totalitarianism is the Second Amendment. The founding fathers knew that all of those First Amendment rights were what are called passive rights, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, for expression, freedom of the press, uh, the right to peacefully, peaceably assemble, the right to petition your government for redress of grievances. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't have the ability to protect yourself against the totalitarian nature of government. That's why they put the Second Amendment there, because they learned what the British were doing on that day, April the 19th of 1775, when they were marching toward Concord, Massachusetts, to destroy a weapons and armaments factory that was supplying the Sons of Liberty. Well, guess what? You fast forward to 2022, 
and ain't nothing changed. As a matter of fact, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. So now we have a new group of totalitarians that are still trying to destroy weapons and armaments factories to include those small business owners that we call federal firearms licensees. And we have one of those incredible gentlemen with us today. And this is Michael Cargill. Michael Cargill has spent the last decade championing, championing and supporting the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks in Austin, Texas, which is a gun store and training facility. He has served his country honorably, honorably in the United States Army, so he is my brother soldier. Michael has trained members of the Texas State House and Senate, district judges, justices of the peace, staff of many federal, Texas state, and local agents, agencies, attorneys, and corporate employees how to use firearms safely. News organizations throughout the country have recognized his excellence in his business practices and the passion he has for his field by featuring him as a frequent guest and subject matter expert. He has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC, World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. His concern for local safety has led to features on local affiliates of Fox News, ABC News, NBC News, and YNN. With each appearance, Michael Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party, party politics because it ain't about party. It's about the rule of law. It's about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Michael Cargill, thanks so much for joining us here at the Steadfast and Law Podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, look, this is why we have you here, because one of the things we have to look at is this assault on our Second Amendment rights. If they can't come in and just literally take the weapon away from you, which they would like to do if they could, they're going to look at how they can undermine the system by which we have gun ownership. We have seen, you know, taxes on ammunition, uh, you know, looking to having gun registries, all of these type of things. But something has happened to you, which I find highly disturbing. Tell us about what is going on and why you have brought this lawsuit against the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Right. And we, we actually have several lawsuits that we filed against the ATF, the Department of Justice. And one of them is this FBI NICS and ATF, what I call fishing expedition. And it's when someone walks into a gun store to purchase a firearm, you have to fill out the 4473. And we're going to contact the FBI and do a background check on you if you don't have a handgun license or a license to carry handgun or CCW, whatever mm -hmm. it's called in your state. If you don't have a license, we have to contact them. They're either going to tell us, proceed, out you go with the gun, you're delayed, you have to wait three business days, uh, doesn't include weekends or holidays, or you're denied. If you're denied, then either something on the form you lied about, Maybe there's something in their system, there's a glitch, maybe they're confusing your information with someone else, you could be de uh, denied and also delayed for that same reason. They have to verify, if it's delayed, they're verifying with an agency the information that they're seeing. Well, if, you, if we get a proceed out, you go with the gun, there's no problems there. If you are delayed or denied, then the, what they're doing in the NICS is you're being – your information is being sent to the FBI, and it's putting put into a system where every law enforcement agency in the country has access, access to your information. And so this 
you know, put up a big red flag for me because there was a bill that went before Congress uh, that was signed into law by this current president. And that bill said if a transaction is denied, then your information is sent to the FBI and to local law enforcement to you know, do their investigation to figure out why you're denied in purchasing a firearm. And we don't have a problem with that with people being denied. But when it comes to delays, that's where I have the problem. The mm -hmm. bill that was written by Congress didn't mention anything about delayed transactions. You know, a person walks in, you get delayed. My information should not be sent in to the FBI and to every law enforcement agency just because I've been delayed from picking up a gun in a gun store. And so we're, we filed a lawsuit against the, the federal government to stop this because that is not the, what the bill actually says. And I also contacted the, uh, some of the legislatures that were involved in the dra you know, drafting of this bill, like Senator John Cornyn. We reached out to him in his office. And I said, sir, you know, you guys negotiated this bill. That didn't have anything, you know, that was not in the framework of the bill. And the ATF is overstepping their bounds. Mm -hmm. So we're waiting for them to get back to us on that information. But in the meantime, we filed a lawsuit because we said, hey, this has got to stop. Yeah, because to me, what it seems is this is another one of those backdoor means by which we get people's information. Uh, because y you can be delayed because of a system issue. You can be delayed because of time issue. But that does not mean that my personal information should get surrendered. And I kind of got a problem with this background check system because when I look at what happened down in Uvalde, the fact that you had this young man that was living in a house with a person that was a felon, which means a felon is not supposed to have any weapons around them, but yet he put that address down on his 4473 Nothing came up. Or you look at what happened in Sutherland Springs with that uh, shooter there. There was a member of the Air Force, and he had gotten that dishonorable discharge because of a violation of uh, domestic abuse. But for some odd reason, the Air Force did not put him into the system. So we continue to have those those you know gaps in, in the system, but yet legal law-abiding citizens, for whatever reason, they're the ones that are being targeted. That's correct. And so that, that's why we're stepping forward. You know, we're, you know, we're a small gun store here in Austin, Texas, and we just, I just don't want to give my information to the government. I don't want my, my employees' information shared with the government, especially if that's not what it says in the law, what the bill actually says. And the ATF cannot create law. They just can't one day no. decide <laughs> that they're going to, you know, do whatever they want to do. It, Congress creates a bill. You know, we, we've heard of Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse Rock. bill becomes law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's what has to happen. Well, now let's talk about this other issue. And I, and I read several articles about this. And one of the things that you are bringing up is that now all of a sudden, based upon the Gun Control Act of 1968, they're violating their own law in that you're finding people losing and having their gun licenses, their FFLs revoked. Because of clerical errors, clerical issues. As a matter of fact, uh, let me read you the, your quote. For decades, Cargill says, license revocations were an exceedingly rare step reserved only for the worst actors. Noting, for instance, that in 2013, the ATF recommended license revocations for just 81 of the more than 10,000 shops that were inspected. But starting in the summer of 2021, however, things change, and Cargill points to the Joe Biden's White House announcement that the GCA, the Gun Control Act of 1968, would be enforced against rogue gun dealers 
even those who never willfully intended to make minor paperwork mistakes. Willfully intended. Explain to us how important those two words are. That That's very important because when you when we get inspected by the, the ATF, they walk in the door, there's no um, announcement that they're coming to show up, which we don't have a problem with that. They walk in, and they're there to make sure that we've done everything correct. We've dotted our I's and crossed our T's and all that kind of stuff. But what they're doing is, you know, someone walks into the gun store, they fill out that 4473, like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. and for some reason, there's a box that says county. A lot of people mistake that box as country. And so they put USA or, you know, U.S. in there because they think it says country when it actually says county. Yeah. And if that information is incorrect, they're using that as an excuse to shut down federal firearms license dealer because the customer walked in and put the country instead of the county. And that's that's not a willful that's not willfully, you know, violating the law. We're not transferring to firearms to someone that's not supposed to get access to a firearm. We're just talking about a little mistake that someone made on the paperwork, and we shouldn't get penalized to the point that we're shut down. And that's what's happening in this country. They're walking to gun stores, and they're shutting down just for simple, little, small, minor mistakes like that. And let me tell you, having you know bought many a firearm, it's very easy to look at that and see country and not county. Uh, because for me, it's, it's about the question is asked, the place of your birth, county of your birth. And so, yeah, there are some people that make a mistake on that. But again, it is not willfully intended. You're not trying to be some type of rogue gun dealer. You're not trying to cover for someone that is uh, trying to make an illegal gun purchase. The last thing you as an FFL want to do is to see your license being revoked. But it seems to me, Michael, that the ATF is no longer helping they are now becoming this, they're becoming the rogue actors. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just recently read that now they have issued changes to new questions on the 4473 form that did not go out for comment. And these two new questions and changes, they're effective immediately. How does that happen? That's right. And so, yeah, they've, they apparently they have released the new 4473, which not everyone has access to. For some reason, I can't pull it up you know, in any computer in, in our office on their website. So something's, something's wrong with the version of Adobe that they're using. And something's going on. It seems and to so me it's a gotcha. Able, it's a gotcha. Yeah, yeah, we haven't been able to get access to it just yet. Uh, but and so I'm curious even what it actually, you know, what's actually on it or how, it, how it's going to look because I haven't seen it yet. And then the printing, you know, department of the federal government is not releasing them just yet until, you know, after the first of the year. So they're saying it may take an effect immediately, but we can't see it. We don't have access to it. We can't get it, can't get it from their website because it's not working for us. And to me, that's a setup. Because right. now, no, seriously, I mean, we're laughing, but to me, that's a setup. All of a sudden, uh, they're going to come in and they're going to say, let me see your, your records. Let me see your 4473s from this period to this period. Uh, you were using the wrong 4473. You know, right. To me, it's a setup. And again, we have got to get this agency under control because they cannot go out and make laws. They cannot just go out and change things without having our duly elected representatives who have oversight over these agencies being able to say, why are you doing this? 
Uh, what, what's the nature of this? Why are you adding in these two additional questions under uh, question 21? Because now you got, I think it's a new B and C. Uh, so do you feel that you have a government now mm. that is really trying to undermine who you are? You're a small business owner. Let, right. Let's peel away everything else. But here you have a government that is trying to undermine you as a small business owner. Do you get that feeling? Yes, and that's, that's not why the government is actually there. Uh, they weren't put in place you know, to do that. It, they're supposed to work for the people, for us, be our voice. You know, not, it's like the other way around. Uh, we, you have mom and pops out here, small gun stores that have you know, started a business uh, from scratch, just like I have. And the ATF is supposed to assist us with, you know, with the paperwork and everything. We're supposed to be able to contact them and say, hey, you know, not sure about this. Can you help us out a little bit? And they're supposed to be that, you know, assisting agency to help us and to come, you know, come in every now and then to inspect everything to make sure that we're doing it correctly. You know, not to shut us down, put us in jail and, and put us completely out of business. Yeah, because then what happens? I, I guess you're supposed to go and beg for your welfare check. Uh, because they have taken put you out of business and and they've run off you know the stock and everything that you have and you already see how they are you know using credit card you know servicing companies to to undermine your business like PayPal you already see how they're undermining the means by which you can get financial support these financial institutions they're trying right. to convince them not to give loans to small businesses that are in the the gun industry so again this is not about taking away the gun itself but it's about undermining all the systems by which a legal law abiding american citizen can get to having that firearm Correct. Let's talk about red flag laws, because yes. to me, there is no greater violation of your due process rights and your Second Amendment rights than this red flag law. What are some of the people that, you know, are patrons of your establishment? What are they saying about red flag laws? And also, you have a lot of relationships with some of those key political figures down there in Texas. Are they listening to you when, when you are bringing up your concerns? I, I hope so. Uh, we'll see this next legislative session, you know, come January and, and how everything plays out between January and June at the Capitol. Um, it, it very concerned with what, you know, some local district attorneys may do, you know, uh, how they're going to implement, you know, certain laws. They're picking and choosing and, and who they want to implement it with. Uh, for example, here in Travis County, uh, our DA is actually focusing on their attention on law enforcement and bringing charges against law enforcement rather than the people that are actually committing the crimes in the city. Mm -hmm. So it, it really depends on that DA and how they're going to implement it. You know, it's amazing to me in that you have people that don't want to see us be able to uh, protect and defend ourselves based upon a constitutional right that we have, and yet they want to, you know, defund the police and they want to get rid of police and all of this as they're allowing in countless amounts of illegal immig uh, immigrants into the, into the state and into the country what are we supposed to do? I mean, we're just supposed to lay down and allow people to, you know, just come in and squat in our homes or whatever. I mean, we're not supposed to be able to go out and, and be able to protect ourselves. Do you see this as a critical point? Have you ever seen it this bad when it comes to the Second Amendment? No, it's, it's real bad now. We're getting attacked on all fronts. Uh, we're getting hit with the credit card companies. With now uh, they're using the credit card companies to, you know, add a special code, 
to transactions when it's coming from a gun store or if it's for a firearm or something like that. You know, we're getting hit up from the, you know, from the federal agencies as well. So it's like an attack on all fronts right here. Uh, we have to put our shields up and protect ourselves, you know, you know, from these agencies and the credit card companies and change your name. You know, you know, I, we've gone to the point of changing our name, that how we do business to, you know, letters instead of, you know, adding gun in the name. And so we shouldn't have to do things to that extent. Um, we also have a third, <laughs> there's a third issue that we brought. Uh, this is well, re really one of the first ones. And that is, there's a case that we have right now in the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans, mm -hmm. and it's the bump stock case. And this case is mm -hmm. really not about bump stocks. This case is really about the ATF creating law, just everything we're talking about, you know. And I think this case is going to make it to the Supreme Court. We're waiting on the results, you know, the ruling from the Fifth Circuit because it was heard in unbunk in front of the entire court, all the justices. And we're saying, look, ATF. You can't, you know, one day say something that I purchased legally, you know, one day and then turn around 30 days later, a year later, five years later, say it's now illegal. Yeah. And then one of the justices actually asked the question, you know, very greatly. And she said, look, ATF, you know, government, you're telling me that, you know, five presidents and, you know, eight years, whatever it was, uh, X amount of years, you know, 10, 20 years later, uh, you're saying, you know, back then it was legal. Today you're saying it's illegal. So was you were you making a mistake back then, you know, 20 years ago, and we're supposed to believe you today that, you know, now it means this, this what a machine gun actually means. And so, no, ATF can't go back and forth like that. You can't change your mind. And nothing in the law has changed. Congress has not changed the definition of what a machine gun is. Um, and that's really what the bump stock case is all about, a definition of what a machine gun is and can the ATF create law. No, they can't. I mean, the Supreme Court can't create law. The only people, the president can't create law. The only people that can create law is the legislative branch. But you're right. We got to get back to schoolhouse rock and understanding what civics is. L let me close on this point and then I'll give you the last word. The Second Amendment and being able to protect and to defend ourselves, this ain't a white, black, Hispanic, Asian issue. It's an American issue. And uh, hopefully people will sit down and they will see. Here are two black men who have served this country in uniform. They took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And we are still continuing our service to support and defend the Constitution, of which the Second Amendment is right there in our Bill of Rights. So to me, you know, you bring an incredible face and perspective to this because everybody wants to say that this whole thing about guns is just an angry white guy issue. It's not. OK, I want to be able to protect my family. You want to be able to run your business and continue to train people to properly use firearms. So I'm just so proud of you, not just the fact that we're brother uh, soldiers, but the fact that you continue to honor your oath to support and defend the Constitution. And I'll give you the last word. Absolutely. And I want to thank you for allowing me to come on, on on your platform and get this information out there because I got into this business because I wanted my family members to have the tools they needed to protect themselves. I want them to have a gun. I want them to know what the law was. I want them to be, you know, just do everything right. And so we did that. And I'm very grateful of that. And about seven years ago, my parents were victims of a home invasion. Mm. You know, three guys tried to break into my parents' house on the second floor of their home while they were sleeping at four o'clock in the morning. And my parents were able to stop them and send them back out the door, actually killing one of them. 
And so if they hadn't done that, my parents would not be here today. So the Second Amendment is for everyone. It's for everyone to defend themselves because at home you should feel safe. In your vehicle you should feel safe. At work you should feel safe. And that's what it's all about. So when I'm fighting, I'm fighting for everybody. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for your family. I'm fighting for everyone's family because these cases that we are bringing forward are some of the most important cases in our lifetime. And I, like, I always like to say, more guns equals less crime. So you go out there and you buy yourself a gun. There you go. I'm all about that. And let me tell you something. You know, I live up here in Garland, Texas, in North Texas. I got to get down there and, and uh, do some shooting with you and show you uh, some support to you. So we will make sure we make that happen in the new year. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. You have a wonderful day. Michael Cargill and a Merry Christmas. Michael Cargill, who is the owner of the Central Texas Gun Works in Austin, Texas, he's standing up for your rights and your freedoms against the totalitarianism, and the unconstitutional actions of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Government agencies don't make laws. Government agencies should not be undermining your Second Amendment rights, but they're trying to do so. But thank God that we have men and women like Michael Cargill, true constitutional patriots out there to protect and defend you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. And thanks so much, Michael. Before they burn it down